0: All right, let's jump into today's message. Last week, we started this new series on justice. And today, uh, we're talking about anger. Now, is anger okay? Is experiencing, feeling, and expressing anger okay? And this past Friday, when I sent out our weekly church emails, I briefly talked about one of my favorite episodes of the classic show, The Simpsons, and it's this one episode from 1996 called Hurricane Nettie, all right? It's called Hurricane Nettie, all right? And um, did anyone watch Simpsons growing up? Is it just me? You, did you really? Oh, yeah, awesome. Okay. Okay, I guess that's it, huh? Just a t- <laughs> So there's this one episode called Hurricane Nettie. And it's, so, you know, The Simpsons is about this family called The Simpsons, right? And Homer is the dad who's on the right wearing the orange hat. And uh, his wife is Marge, right? And they have three kids, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie. And their neighbor, their next door neighbor is this guy named Ned Flanders. And Ned Flanders is supposedly like a perfect human being. All right? He um, is very friendly. He's super nice to everybody. I mean, he doesn't look like it based on this picture, right? And uh, whenever he sees Homer, uh, he always goes, howdy ho neighbor, right? He's like just that kind of person and there's this one and and like for years and years on this show he was like perfect he's like the perfect neighbor right because homer on the other hand homer simpson the main character of this show he's very flawed so ned is supposed to be like the antithesis of homer simpson right um ned has a full head of hair. Homer's bald. Uh, Ned is super friendly to everybody. Homer's kind of a grouch. Uh, uh, Ned is surprisingly very fit. Okay, there's this one episode where he takes off his shirt and he has like a six pack. (laughs) And everyone's like, what the? Right, and Homer has a a beer belly, right? And so he's like the opposite of Homer in every way. And there's this one episode uh, where Ned just flips his lid. He just loses it. And goes crazy right and he is just like cussing everybody out in the town of spring springfield where he, he where he lives right he's going off on like um the custodian at the kids school like making fun of his accent <laughs> right he's ta- he's so annoyed with like the owner of the 7-eleven right he's so annoyed at montgomery burns who's like the the billionaire in Springfield, right? And when he, uh, and then and then he goes to his neighbors, right? And then he t- tells like Marge to like cut her hair because her hair is just like really tall and blue and she never cuts it. <laughs> and then he she, he goes to Homer and he just goes off on him for like a long period of time and says all of these horrific things to him, right? And the reason why Ned Flanders did this is because He suppressed his anger and his emotions for years and years and years. And it came out in this very unhealthy, hurtful, and uh, damaging, unproductive ways. And I find this really interesting because Ned Flanders is also uh, very explicitly on the show. He's super Christian. He's like super Christian, right? And And like there's every Sunday, he's like taking his family to church. And all that stuff which is kind of weird right to see that in a cartoon right uh but you know he's like super christian and he like he just explodes in this one episode and he must have had this belief that christians are not supposed to get mad right christians are not supposed to get angry and uh let people know that they're angry right? And if you do feel angry, just keep it to yourself. (laughs) Don't share it with anyone, right? And just keep it private, right? But to deny our anger is to deny our humanity. To to deny our anger is to deny our humanity. In fact, to deny any of our God-given emotions is to deny our humanity. But How can we know if the anger we're feeling is from a good place or a bad place, a healthy place or an unhealthy place? And if we do feel these feelings of anger, what do we do with it, right? What do we do with them? So if you have your Bibles, um, would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter four, verses 26 through 32. Ephesians chapter four, verses 26 through 32. And it's also right here on the screen. For those watching online, it might be hard to read, so I'm just going to read it for us and just follow along. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 through 32. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Let's pray. Lord, as we explore this very important yet seldom explored topic of anger, would you reveal in us ways that we have been unhealthy, ways that we have been angry, ways that we have been uh, living that are unproductive and maybe even detrimental to others, and help us to acknowledge our anger, express it in healthy ways, and even channel it in ways that can help bring about justice in our relationships and in our communities and in the world around us. We pray all this in your name. Amen. All right, so we are looking at this very relevant yet rarely explored topic of anger all right anger now uh we just looked at this passage in ephesians chapter four and ephesians is a letter that the late great apostle paul wrote uh, to the church in the city called ephesus now most of the christians who lived in the city of ephesus came from uh, pagan backgrounds okay they were not jews most of them were not jews prior to becoming christians And so a lot of the unhealthy practices and unhealthy lifestyles that they were living before they came to Christ, they were still living after they became followers of Christ, right? And if any of you consider yourselves to be Christians, you know that uh, the, the, the lifestyle that you lived prior to your life of faith, it's not like all of that's not gonna just shut off the moment you come to faith, right? There are still some lingering habits and life, you know, Uh, things, maybe even bad habits that are lingering, even after you come to faith. And one of these things, one of these points of contention in the church in the city of Ephesus in the first century at the time was stealing. A lot of the church members in the city of, in the church uh, in Ephesus would steal from one another because that was actually like pretty common back then. And like in, in the Uh, For pagans at that time in the first century, it was just every man, every woman for themselves. So, you know, being selfish and even stealing was like something that most people would still do. Which is why this specific example that Paul uses in verse 28, he says anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer because even in the church, this was still happening, right? And because this was still happening, it was making people angry, right? I mean, I've had things stolen from me and there's like nothing, there are fewer things in life more violating than that, right? And it, that just triggers like anger, right? And that would just make people angry. So in this specific situation, Paul is writing this letter, right? And he's saying, whenever you experience uh, anger, okay, uh, you have to check that, right? But for those who are stealing, Don't steal anymore. (laughs) You must steal no longer, which just sounds silly, right? Yeah, if you if you're a thief, don't be a thief anymore. (laughs) But you must work hard, right, and do something useful with your hands because stealing is not a useful skill. But what he's really acknowledging are those who have been offended by the thieves in the church in the city of Ephesus, right? And he is specifically addressing this feeling of anger, right? And in the beginning of today's passage, he says, in your anger, do not sin. Okay, in your anger, do not sin. Is he saying, don't feel angry? No, right? Is he saying, in your anger, do not act? No, right? So he's actually acknowledging that, we all feel anger, right? And this is the first lesson, the first point that uh, we can take away from this passage. Anger is a natural God-given emotion, okay? Anger is a God-given emotion. And that's the first point for today. Last week, we learned that justice is a God-given desire, okay? Justice is a God-given desire. And this is kind of like building on top of that. And anger is a natural God-given emotion. Anger and justice kind of go uh, hand in hand, okay? When there is injustice happening, it should make us angry, right? If someone, if you're a parent, right, and someone is like bullying your kid at school, that should make you angry, right? That's wrong, right? That should make you angry. If in this specific example in the church in the city of Ephesus in the first century, Uh, if someone steals from you, you should be angry, right? That's very upsetting, right? You should be angry. So what Paul is saying is, in your anger, do not sin, okay? Don't do anything you'd regret when you do feel anger, right? Don't do anything you'd regret when you do feel anger. In fact, this uh, theme of anger, um, it shows up quite a lot throughout the Bible, okay? And I just like uh, found a few, and I'm not going to share every single passage in the Bible that talks about anger. But I found a few, okay, and I'm just going to read it to you. So, uh, Proverbs 19:11. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory. It is his to. Uh, it is his glory to overlook an offense. Okay, so in Proverbs 19, it's saying that everyone feels anger, right? Uh, wise people are slow to anger, right? But anger is something that everyone experiences, regardless. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, be not, uh, be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the hearts of fools. In Mark chapter three, okay, this is an example of when Jesus was angry. And Jesus looked around him, Jesus looked around himself with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, Jesus was interacting with a bunch of religious leaders in this, in this scenario, and they were so stubborn, and they were so stiff-hearted that it was literally pissing him off. It was literally making him angry. Okay, Jesus experienced anger on several occasions. And in Psalm chapter seven, verse 11, it says, God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. Indignation is just a long word for anger, okay? God is a righteous judge, and God feels anger every day because he sees injustice happening every day, right? He sees his people, his children, getting offended every day. He sees his people getting wronged every day, and so God feels anger every day. I don't know about you, but that last verse really makes me feel a little bit better, right? Because um you know I, I feel like especially like the last few years, I've been feeling anger every day, <laughs> right when I just like um think about the way that like people have been treating me the past few years, thinking about the way that the world is, right, I kind of feel angry every day, I mean to varying degrees, right I'm not like out there like wanting to cuss people out every day, but yeah, there is some sort of anger every day, and I'm also <laughs> there's this one scene um in the very first Avengers, um, you guys remember the very first one uh, where, where Loki was the main villain in uh, Avengers? And there's this one scene where uh, Bruce Banner, who's the Hulk, right? Uh, he's supposed to like fight these like giant alien monsters that are coming down from space. And uh, I think he was talking to Captain America, and Captain America was like, telling him, like, okay, Bruce, do your thing, right? And uh, I think he asked him, like, Bruce, what? And then he could just turn to Hulk, like like whenever he wants, right? And uh, I think he asked him like, Bruce, what's your secret, right? Like, meaning how do you turn into the Hulk all the time, right? And he said, you wanna know my secret? I'm always angry. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, I totally relate with that. I totally relate with that. Because if (laughs) if we're really in the right state of mind and we look at the world around us, we look at how crappy everything is, we should always be angry. We should always be angry. And I kind of, I'm just going to rant a little bit, if that's okay. I kind of get so annoyed. Not kind of, I do get so annoyed when Christians, uh, they go to church on Sundays. And uh, admittedly, most of these churches are like big, like, um, really, like, uh, performance-driven, like, uh, consumer-based churches, right? And they go to church on Sundays, and they just go to church to feel good. And they go to church to kind of, like, forget about the world's problems, right? and they're like, la, la 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 right? And I just want to sing songs, and I just want to hear a feel-good message, right? And I, I don't want the prayers that we're gonna pray here to remind me of the shooting in Uvalde, Texas, okay? I don't want the prayers that we're gonna pray to remind me of the issues that I have in my marriage, okay? I just wanna come to church and I just wanna feel good, right? And for like an hour and a half or two hours, they go to church to kind of forget about the world, right? But that is not what God is calling us to do or who to be, right? And just like in today's passage, Paul explicitly names the problem that was happening in their community, right? And he is addressing it. And that's, (laughs) maybe that's part of the reason why our church is so small because (laughs) like, we don't necessarily go to church here as you know, from what I could tell from all of you all is like to forget about the world's problems. What I feel like God is calling us to do is to be brutally honest about the state of our world, the state of ourselves and how to grow from that. And how to live as God's people in this messy, like crappy, like unjust world that we, we're living in. And if we're really honest and we look at the world and the state of the world, we should kind of always be angry. <laughs> and it's okay to feel that, right? Even, God's, even God, God, God is a righteous judge and God feels indignation, anger every day, every day. Now, um, Paul specifically names um, kind of two types of anger, okay? Uh, In verse 31, okay? He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, okay? And he doesn't say like rage or anger, okay? These are two separate things, okay? And there's a big difference between anger and rage. Uh, We're supposed to feel angry when something wrong or unjust is happening, But rage is kind of like when you're always feeling angry and it's kind of like consuming your life. Uh, uh, A friend of mine was talking about how um, her daughter, who's an adult daughter, and uh, she's um, been married twice because her first husband was abusive. And they happened to, and her uh, current husband and their son, ran into her ex at a restaurant just by coincidence, and her ex-husband came up to them in the middle of the restaurant and was like being very inappropriate. Like, and he he was kind of drunk and doing and saying all these things in front of her, her new husband and his kid who was with her. Now that's rage, okay? That's rage. That's kind of like when anger is out of control And you do things you regret, right? And this is exactly what Paul is talking about in verse 26. In your anger, do not sin, okay? It's when your anger is taking over you and you're reacting in a way that uh, is out of your control and is really, really damaging. Like Ned Flanders in that episode, right? Where he just, he was like really going crazy and expressing rage. It was like uh, unbridled rage, Um, So if we start there, and we're really honest with the state of the world, anger is something that we kind of should be feeling every day, right? And it is a natural God given emotion. So what do we do with that? Right? What do we do with that? Well, anger needs to be let out. It needs to be expressed. And this is the second thing, truth that we can learn from today's passage. Anger needs to be expressed. In verse 31. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Paul's not saying don't feel angry. He's saying get rid of it. Like literally, let it out. Express it, right? You have, if you're feeling it, don't just keep it inside. Let it out, right? Anger needs to be let out. If we bottle in our anger, And we suppress it, and we suppress it, and we pretend like it's not there. It's not going anywhere. In fact, it's just going to stay locked up in your heart, in your spirit, and it's just going to eat you up from inside. I know because I know from personal experience, because that's how I've kind of lived for many, many years. And if we continue to suppress, suppress, and suppress anger, it's going to come out in very unhealthy ways. I had this conversation uh, with uh, an acquaintance of mine, and um, he and I, we were were both really into the Enneagram. I don't know if you know what the Enneagram is, but it's a personality kind of uh, type, personality type thing. (laughs) And there are nine types, okay? And he and I are both what's called Enneagram Nine, and the nickname for Enneagram Nine is Peacemaker. And Enneagram Nines, we hate conflict, okay? And so if someone or something is making us angry, our MO is just to like keep it to ourselves. But we do this for so long. Um, and my, co- my acquaintance was telling me this. He was telling me that like, if I suppress my anger for too long, it leaks out sideways. That's the way he described it. It leaks out sideways in unhealthy and totally unexpected ways. So if, for example, um, if. I don't express my anger in healthy ways to safe people, right, in safe spaces, then it's probably going to come out when I'm driving, right? Uh, If I don't express my anger in healthy ways to safe people or safe spaces, then it's probably going to come out when I'm playing with my kids, right? Like, they'll do something by accident, right? They'll, like, step on my foot by accident and There have been times where I just like totally overreact. I go, ah, oh, I act as if like I got stabbed, right? But it's really because, okay, there's something going on within me that's like making me react this way because that was totally blown out of proportion, right? I I was totally overreacting, right? And so if we don't let out, get rid of anger, literally, right? Get rid of anger in healthy ways, to save people in safe spaces, then it's going to come out in unexpected and unhealthy ways. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I shared that um, our emotions are flags or soundposts, signposts to a greater reality, right? or a great desire within us. Anger is definitely one of those things. Anger is definitely one of those things. And when anger is left unattended, ignored and left alone, it will inevitably lead to bitterness, which is what Paul states. Rage. uh, contentiousness, like brawling or slander, like um, my friend's daughter's ex, right? Brawling or slander. Or malice. Malice, that's like talking crap, right? People who don't express their anger in healthy ways those are often the people who gossip the most, who talk the most-ish. Like I don't wanna cuss during a sermon, but they're the ones who talk the most crap because they, they have this unchecked anger. And so it's like coming out, they're like, oh, did you hear so-and-so? Oh, she's doing this, right? Oh, did you hear about him? Oh my gosh, he has like three girlfriends, oh, right? Uh, and it's because they're, they're like kind of trying to uh, divert their anger towards other people. And it's much easier to do that than to really do the hard work of looking at yourself. So when we are experiencing anger, um, we need to express it and let it out in healthy ways to safe people in safe spaces. Lastly, when we are feeling these feelings um, of anger, uh, we have to ask ourselves, honestly, Is this a product, is my anger a product of love or hate? Anger is, can be either a product of love or hate. And when I say uh, anger is a product of love, uh, what the Bible would call it is righteous anger, right? Um, And when we say anger is a product of hate, the Bible would call it selfish anger, Or, uh, um, what is it? Human anger. Okay. Human anger. Righteous anger is a product of love, um, and which is why today's message is called just anger. Okay. That's another way of saying, calling it righteous anger. Uh, Anger that is justified is anger that is coming from a place of love. Right. So, the reason why the shooting in Rob Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas makes me so angry is because I'm a dad, right? And actually a couple of those victims were the same age as my daughter. There are a couple of them were 11, right? A few of those students were 11. And that makes me really angry. And it's not because I'm coming from a place of hate, right? It's because it's coming from a place of love because as a parent, as a literal parent of an 11 year old, right? I just can't imagine what those parents must be going through. And that's honestly, that's coming from a place of love, right? But there are times when I feel anger and it's coming from a place of hate. Right? This person offended me, or this person like um uh like like hurt my pride or like hurt my ego. And I just want them to get hurt real bad. <laughs> that Those kinds of that kind of anger is coming from a place of hate. And I really have to be honest with myself and ask myself, where is this anger coming from? Is this anger coming from a place of love, or is it coming from a place of hate? And there's this um, misconception that in the Bible, okay, you know the Bible is divided up into two parts, right? The Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is before Jesus Christ came to earth, lived that perfect life died to death that we should have died and resurrected so that we could have new life, right? Um, So it's either pre-Jesus or after Jesus. And in the Old Testament, there's this misconception that God is angry and vindictive, right? And malicious. And God in the New Testament is happy and nice and like uh, friendly and like uh, skips around valleys with butterflies. I don't know. So there's this like misconception that um that it's like two different gods in the old testament and new testament but that is totally not true right as we just saw jesus got angry many times right and in today's passage paul is acknowledging actually anger is from god it's a natural god-given emotion and righteous anger if, if you want to think about it this way, right? Uh, how do I know if the anger I'm feeling is from love or is it from hate? Well, is it the kind of anger that would upset, uh, that God would experience? Cause I'm sure God is pissed off at what happened in Texas a few weeks ago, right? I'm, I'm sure he's still mad about it. Right. And the fact that like our government leaders are like ineffective at making any changes, right? That's, The most upsetting thing about this whole thing, right? And Jesus in the New Testament, he was angry pretty regularly, right? When he would see uh, people who had less money being prevented from going into the temple to worship God, that would make Jesus angry. Let me give you one specific example, okay? In John chapter two, verses 13 through 17, it's not on the screen, so I'm just gonna read it for us. John two, 13 through 17. When it was almost time for the Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep and doves and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of money changers and overturned their tables to those who sold doves. He said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remember that it is written, zeal for the house of God will consume me. Okay, so in John chapter two, Jesus goes to the holy city of Jerusalem, right? Uh, during this really sacred uh, holiday of Passover, right? Which is like the mo- one of the most important holidays for the Jews still to this day, right? And in the temple courts, okay, this is outside, not inside the temple. Okay, this is immediately outside the temple. Um, there were all these people, like, selling animal sacrifices, right? And money changers, meaning, like, uh, you, you have to use special temple currency to be able to buy these animals to make sacrifices. Does that make sense? Okay, this is kind of like they don't do this at Disneyland anymore, but I remember when I was a kid at Disneyland, uh, they had these things called Disney dollars. Do you guys remember that? Right. And it wasn't like, yes, it was a, a dollar for dollar, but in the amusement park, they could charge whatever they want according to Disney dollars. And you kind of forget how much it actually costs. Right. So this is what was happening in the temple. Okay. Like one coin could, uh, cost like 10 denarii or like 100 denarii. They could like create that like exchange rate however they want, right? So just imagine like the type of greed that's required to be able to create that system, right? And they're selling these like animals, right? And so certain animals like doves are small animals that they would sacrifice, like animal sacrifices, those cost less. And then other animals like sheep are big animals those cost more. So this place of worship was turned literally into like a marketplace and it was disgusting. It utterly disgusted Jesus, right? And so he was angry. And what did he do? What did he do in his anger? Well, (laughs) in verse 15, he made a whip. (laughs) He made a whip, okay? Have any of you made a whip? I've never made a whip, okay? Out of cords, right? He literally made them. And so just imagine how long it took Jesus to make this. And he stayed angry. He stayed angry, right? He sees all of these things happening, right? And uh, his, the temple of God being turned into a den of robbers. And he's like, it's like huffing up. I I could just imagine Jesus walking around the temple courts, like huffing and puffing. So, oh, this is, this is, oh, this is disgusting. What is this, right? Temple coin? What the heck is this, right? It's like, I'm going to do something about this. <laughs> and he finds cords and strands and rope and he's like, i gonna, oh, and he's just like braiding <laughs> braiding this whip together, which I don't know. I imagine it took him like over an hour, right? And he's just like, oh <laughs> and then he makes he's like, okay, this, okay, this, this is a good, this is a good whip, right? <laughs> he goes, ah, like Indiana Jones. He's like going around, he's like, ah, whoosh. that's the whip sound. You guys don't And and then he sees like these tables and money and he's like flipping tables over, right? And I've never been in a situation like that where someone comes into a room, (laughs) like starts whipping things and like, can you just imagine like the anger that Jesus was feeling, right? And it was like sustained anger because it took him a long time to make that whip, right? It was sustained anger, right? And it was actually like justified. It makes sense. And so sometimes... Little offenses happen to uh, to us or to people we love, or you know just in the world, right? And it makes us angry, right? And there are bigger offenses that happen. It keeps us angry, and that anger, hopefully, we can channel into doing some good and making changes in the world. So this shooting that happened in Uvalde, Texas, like people are still really, really angry about it, and we should be, right? This is like something that like, it should be sustained anger. We should not get over it in a day, right? Until we see change happening in our country, like about like getting some sort of like license and like making sure like the person buying an AR-15 has like mentally stable. Like, can we just agree on just something basic like that, right? Uh, Until something basic like that happens, we should still be angry, right? And just because we're Christian doesn't mean oh, we shouldn't feel anger anymore. In, in fact, it's the opposite. I would dare say it's less godly for us to be angry or to not be angry when injustice happens than it is for us to feel anger because God is angry every day because he sees all the injustices happening in our world and all the his children being wronged all the time. And when I uh, prepare messages like this, um, especially like if it's kind of a more controversial topic, like anger. I try to pull from different sources, and um, forgive me if you think this is like heresy, but like I don't only learn from the Bible. <laughs> okay, I learn from other uh, wise authors, right? I even pull sometimes from other religions, and lately I've been learning a lot from Buddhism. And one, and I don't agree with everything that Buddhists believe, but one thing that I, that always like uh, perplexed me and inspired me even is like Buddhist monks, how they're able to stay so even keeled, right? They don't experience any high highs or low lows, right? They're just like always mellow, right? And I'm like, that is really cool. That must be really nice. <laughs> and I was wrestling with this. And I was thinking, like, is that how God wants us to be? Because in John 2, that's not how Jesus was, right? He lost it. Jesus lost it in the temple. I'm like, Why, how can Buddhist monks be so even-keeled? And I was thinking about it. Where do monks live? Where do monks live? It's not a trick question. Yeah, temples, or like what's another name for like these places where monks live? Starts with the same three letters. Mon- monastery. And monasteries, by definition, are secluded from the world. Now, that is not how God is calling us to live. We are called to be in the world, right? But not of the world, but we're supposed to still live in this world. And if we are living in this world and looking at the world honestly, there are things around us every day that should be making us angry. Now we have to ask ourselves, when we are feeling angry, is this coming from a place of love or is it coming from a place of hate? And when I feel anger, how can I express it in healthy ways to safe people in safe spaces? Because if we don't, it's gonna leak out in unhealthy ways and unexpected ways. So that's our takeaway question for this week, Okay, the reflection question for this week. And I'm sorry I left all the bulletins at my home, but um, here it is. Just kind of like remember it if you can. And if you follow us on um, Instagram, I'll uh, try to make a little graphic with this somehow. How can I express my emotion to safe people in safe spaces with healthy practices. Okay, How can I express my emotion to safe people in safe spaces with healthy practices? Okay, And this is really important. All three of those things are very important because um, you don't want to be expressing your anger in a job interview, <laughs> right? Uh, and you don't want to be like... Um, inventing about how pissed off you are um, when you're at like a a mommy and baby group or something right but you might want to do it with like your best friends who will receive it and not judge it right um you might want to do it with people here um and in healthy ways right in healthy ways let's pray Lord, I've never thanked you for this. But I do thank you for our anger. I thank you that you have given us this emotion because they are signs or um, flags to let us know of what's important to us and maybe even what's wrong with this world. Would you help us to do the hard work of introspection and to look at ourselves honestly, look inward, and to ask ourselves, where is my anger coming from? And if it is coming from a place of love, how can I channel it to bring about justice in my relationships? in my communities, in my neighborhood, in the world that I live. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would guide us, give us wisdom and discernment, and help us to be honest with ourselves. We pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.